What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Derek Wilder, aka D Wild Man, with my homeboy Tim Spike. We give you another episode of the Detroit Chess uh, Killers podcast. Tim, you want to say anything before we get start to run down? Yeah, no, I just want to say what's up, everybody. Uh, I feel like it's been a minute since I've been on. Uh, there's been a lot happening here in the chess community in Detroit. Um, I'm excited to get going. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. Okay, before we even start, we got my homeboy uh, Joseph Gasson. You want to say anything before we start? Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get to it. Okay, on this episode, we're going to talk about the top five chess teams or programs out of Detroit outside of Cass Tech. We're going to take a minute to discuss Dr. Graham's Finney tournaments. We're going to name our Mount Rushmore coaches. We're going to play a game called Openers That You Hate to Play Against. We're going to discuss which one you prefer better, LeadChessForChess.com. And then we're going to play a game called Name That Detroit Chess Killer. I'm going to start off with uh, naming what I think is one of the best chess teams, chess programs ever from Detroit, and that's the Renaissance chess team that had Larry Devine, Stacey Chardet, Marge, and all them other boys. Joseph, you was around. You want to speak on that chess team? Man, that's all right. <laughs> that's, that's, all right. It. that's it. That's all you got to say? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I mean, I, I, I knew pretty much that I went to elementary with almost all everybody on that team. So I knew them like my whole life. They, they was good, though. They was good. They had their little dominance. That's it. You want to talk about a team that had Larry Hook, who won a state championship and a national championship, multiple city titles. They was they was just all right. I said the boys could play. That's, That's not it. what you said. Man, look, they can play. That, that, that was one of my rival teams, so. So, were they one of the most dominant teams in Detroit Scholastic Chess, or were they not? Yeah, they up there. I mean, one year, they, they eight board was like 1,400. They had like, <laughs> they had like eight 1,400s. Like, everybody on their team was 1,400. So, so, what, so what's your knock against them, though? Because they didn't have no... Like really high rated players? Like is that is that something that like what are you what are you taking they score down from? Like how are they you know what I mean? Like what's what's making you view them a little bit lower or kind of putting these little asterisks down by their name in your eyes? They don't have no asterisks. Well it's kinda of coming across that way. <laughs> no, you gotta understand that 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 was my rival. Like so, so you just don't want to give them no props because they was they was the ops. As I said, they, they, I mean, that was good. But we got to name what they did, their accomplishments, and why they're getting recognized as one of the most dominant teams out of Detroit. Yeah, I'm just saying they are you, one of the, the most dominant teams out of Detroit. I'm just saying you usually don't describe one of the most dominant teams as they was all right. They all right. <laughs> like, I mean, kind of like average. They was, you know, almost like you're saying, like there wasn't really nothing special about them. Well, let me go on about it. Because as I remember them, they had Larry Hooker. And I know Larry won uh, a state championship, I think K-8. Either Dorothy Fisher or Stellwagen, because we had the same coach, Mr. Grams. Larry was about 14, 1500. Also, Larry won the state, cha- I mean, the national championship with his uh, friend, Devon Dixon. Uh, 
I mean, to me, you can arguably say their run was equivalent to the Cash Tech run in their era. I never forget the Michigan Chess Magazine that had the Renaissance chess team on there. It had to be like 30, 40 players. And I think that year they won the uh, high school state championship, the middle school state championship, K-9, the high school reserve. I think they won everything. And as I can remember, Larry, Devon, Robin, Sade, Stacy, Charles. Who else was on that team, Joe? All right, we're going to go from top to bottom, make it a little easier for my memory. They had uh, Charles Lyman was board one. Um, Robin Henry was board two, I believe. Then they had uh, they had the twins, Cornell and Cordell. They had Florentino. Florentino was board three. Um, the twins was both like 13, 1400 too. Um, damn, they had a lot of, they had Michael Moton. He was about 12, 1300. Larry Hooker was about 1400. Devon was about 1200. Sharday was about 1200. Marcus Williams was on that team too, towards the end. No, not this team. Marcus wasn't on this team. I mean, you gotta, I mean, he was on the national championship team with Larry. When they started, you know, graduating and stuff towards the end. Yeah, that was, I, I that think, was years later. That was yeah, years I, later. Yeah, though. like when when Mark Marcus wasn't on the team when like Robin and them was there. Nope. Marcus didn't get there till like Larry became top dog. Larry was maybe eleventh grade, I think. Eleventh, twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they had a they had a real big team that year. We talk, the year I'm talking about is maybe two thousand and one. Okay. So, okay. So Larry would have been in the tenth grade that year. Okay. Okay. Anything else you want to say on that team coach by Mister uh, Hollinsworth, who also went down there and won that money at the Chicago Open too? Won't to speak on that. They tried to pay me to come here. Like <laughs> <Sign> no. <up. laughs> Dang. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no. That, no. That was one. That that like. Oh, no, I'm serious. That was one of the deepest teams we ever had, like, in Detroit. Like, like I said, they, Boris, one through eight was all 1,400 that year. And had everybody trying to go to Renaissance. So after, we're going to do this too. After we name these teams, we're going to rank them in order. So after the Renaissance team, we actually put a middle school team on there. And I was a part of this middle school team. And I'm not being biased. I just think they're one of the best teams that come out of Michigan too and it was the McNair uh, McNair chess team that actually won two state championships one in 2000 one in 2002 we had Michael Collins who won the K-8 uh, state championship with Tim Maroney and two city titles came with that team your opinions on that team you talking about you Mike Collins and who else my sixth grade year, they won the state championship. It was Thomas Jarrett, Tyrone McFoley, Shannar Weeks, Ashley Sturdivant, and Demetrius Bennett. They won the city title, and then they won the state championship. My eighth grade year, it was me, Mike Collins, Devontae Collins, Chris Ramsey, Breon Ricks, Cedric Jones. We got a city title and the state championship. Michael Collins also went to the K-8 individual state championships and won the uh, state championship. He was co-champ with Tim Maroney. So I think, arguably, we have to be in the mention as one of the best teams 
ever to come out of uh, Detroit, even though he's in middle school. And we got a win over Northern. We played Northern and we beat them 4-1 with Mike and Martin Lauren, and I'm winning on board too. Right. Any complaints? No complaints here. No, I ain't got no complaint about that thing. And Mike went to in middle school. He went to the uh, what was that Louisville? Cape was that Cape Cape with K twelve under fifteen hundred section, and he got five and a half out of seven. Yeah, I ain't, you ain't gonna get no complaints about that thing with me. Also, you just know like to point out for for those who don't know, or I don't know if it was already mentioned, but it definitely should be. Like that team was coached by one of the one of the goats, one of the late great uh, Dr. Grams. Um, I think that's definitely something that should be mentioned here. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna just speak on Doc. If you ain't, if you was from the east side of Detroit, you pretty much knew Dr. Grams because he coached at four schools. He was at Ronald McNair, Stalewagon Elementary, Hamilton, and Finney. So he was like really the first chess coach that he could have you from elementary all the way to high school if you stayed in the same district because he was at all them schools. Any any questions? No, sir. <laughs> then, going further, we have the Bates team. And that Bates team had James Canney, Darden Barksdale. They did a lot of damage. They won the city championship, state championship. I think Jimmy, like you said, left Bates when he was 2,000, 2,200. Uh, they were coached by Mr. Steen and Coach Lacey, you know, passing the torch thing. And then after that, we have Coach Fight U Prep team that actually is the Cast Tech team from this year. The heck, Kamari, Lauren Bradford, Torrance, uh, Michael Thomas, and they are uh, actually one of the few teams that went undefeated three years in the league. And to this day, they haven't lost a match in like six, seven years straight. Uh, Any questions? No. No questions there either. No arguments. So now we finna play a game, and this is where the argument's gonna be outside of Cast Tech. Ranking these teams five through one. Hold on, we 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 covered we covered five already? Oh yeah. Renaissance, McNair, Bates, U Prep. Oh, we forgot about Southeastern. I, th- I thought you didn't want to speak on that. But I just don't want to speak on that in detail, man, because it seems like every time I do, here comes some little uh, shadow controversies or something to try to knock us down, man. But I think we should go down as one of the greats, too, uh, simply because we, were, we weren't the best collection of talent, but we made up for that in heart and in balance, man. We uh, we came together and we accomplished some remarkable things, man. True underdog Cinderella story, if you will. And hated to love it, man. Like, we, we won city championships. We even, you know, tied for first uh, in the under-1200 section for, for a share of a national title. So I think we definitely deserve to be mentioned amongst the greats. And y'all got, y'all got a national championship playing Martel Collins, too. Yep. So... Them are the teams we have, and we're going to just, like you said, it's, it's just our personal opinion. We're not trying to offend nobody. We're just going to try to rank these teams. And this is all fun and order. So, Tim, do you want to go first? Uh, Yeah, sure. I could go first. Um, now, so this one's hard 
a little bit hard for me because, <clears throat> you know, I went away uh, to the military for about 10 years. But just judging off of, you know, what we talked about today, what I know, what I've heard going on, um, as far as scholastic teams over time, I'm going to have to put Coach Fight's U-Prep team as number one. Whoa. That's going to be number one for me, especially because they just transitioned into a whole new dominant team that's still dominating as we speak. You know, the Cass Tech team um, in high school right now. So I'm going to go with them, number one. Number two, I'm going to put uh, that Renaissance team from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I'll put... And see, this is how y'all know I'm not biased because I ain't even put my, I ain't even mentioned my squad yet. But for number three, I'm actually gonna say uh, the Bates team that had Jimmy Candy on there. Okay. Bates team, and then uh, four. I'll put. I'll even put this. I'll, I'll give props to you, man. I'll put that McNair team, and then I'll put Southeastern at five. Okay. Okay. Okay, Joe. Joe, what's your top five order them teams? And th- with those five teams, I'm going them five teams. Yep. I'm going. Cat got I'm going. Team. You prep number one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going Renaissance two. Mm-hmm. So far, we agree. This is kind of hard. The teams you got left are Bates, McNair, and uh, the Oko AC boys. Yeah, I probably go Bates. I probably got. I think I got the same five as you: Bates, McNair, Southeastern. Let's go. Okay, so we agree straight down. Now <laughs> you know I, huh? you know I ain't disagree. You know I'm not agreeing with y'all two lane boys. Y'all got me messed up. <laughs> My team, I have Renaissance number one. And the reason I have Renaissance number one is because they had a state championship as a team. They had a state championship player. And they had two national champion co-champs and Larry Devine on that team. So y'all cool with that? Bro, I'm, a, I'm, that, I'm still gonna dis I'm still gonna disagree, man, but those are valid points. I mean that's just me. My number two and I, my number two is probably going to be you prep. Even though they won the city, they won a couple state championships. They never got an individual state champion. To my knowledge, I just think talent-wise, as a complete team, and looking at how they should end their scholastic season at Cass Tech majority of them, I'm going to put them number two. Not being biased. Number three, I'm putting my McNair team. I'm sorry. I'm putting my McNair team because like you said, we had Dr. Grams. He won two state championships. We got uh, two city championships. We had Mike Collins, who I think and I hate to say it, when we was in middle school was actually by far a better better talented player than me. Like you said, he won the state championship. 
He got trophies at the middle school and high school nationals the same year. So I'm going to put us at three. I'm going to put the Southeastern team at four because I think if the Southeastern team play Bates, SC wins three, two. And Bates going to round out my top five. What y'all think about it? Uh, I just feel like McNair is a little bit high. Three? Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit high for McNair. We beat South. We beat South. Listen, this is my opinion. I think we beat Southeastern and Bates. Okay, so how how do y'all beat Southeastern though? Okay, who, who is y'all's boys three? And you saying okay. that your three point five is, is gonna be Martell and let's say a Thomas Belcher or a Jonathan Williams? Okay, Joe. Joe, listen to this, right? We took two teams to the state championship, right? Right. The A team that I was on won the state championship 19 and 1. Our B team finished 10th. Both teams placed in the top 10. If you line us up, Michael, me, Breon, Chris Ramsey, Cedric Jones, against your 04s, which would be who? Brian Cherry, Roland, Lucid Dominic, Roland Samuel, Martel Collins, or myself, and then Martel Collins. 3 2 McNair. Heck no. I don't know. Joe. I don't know. Y'all, y'all might lose 5 0. Five, oh. Who? McNair. Is you crazy? Bro, you crazy, dog. Bro. Cherry is not beating Mike Collins. We're not losing on one of First of all, it, first of all, I don't even think Turgeon would have been the first. If you're going on, like, like you're talking about they peaked right back then, back back when they was playing? Yeah. Yeah, Roland would have been board one. Okay, Roland would have played Mike. This a Mike in his prime now. And then Lucid would have been board two. Come on, man. I'm crushing Lucid, bro. Don't, don't. Got all due respect to Lucid. I'm crushing Lucid, man. Love Lucid to death. I'm crushing Lucid on, on two, bro. Then that you, makes... No, I, what I'm if, saying if is my peak ratings. I, that I'm, means I would have been board three. You'd have got popped. Man, get out of here, dog. You wouldn't have beat Devontae, dog. Bro, I was playing board three and board four anyway, and nobody was beating me. I was winning all my games. Day day was twelve hundred, man. Middle school. Would you okay, whatever. I was I was I was like eleven hundred, a thousand eleven hundred, I was popping twelve hundred. I'm just favoring us 3-2, bro. I gave y'all 3-2, bro. Nah, McNair, y'all lose that. Man, Man y'all crazy. Bro, I think you lose that too. You yeah. lose Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What y'all do with Northern? Who? Northern. With Matt Northern High School. Don't nobody remember Northern, bro. Joe remember Northern with Matt Lauren. Well, who? Matt Lauren, dude to Braves that played first board for Northern. You said, what do we do against them? I'm asking Tim, what did they do against Northern? Bro. Because that'll be our mutual opponent. Bro, I'm gonna tell you like this. No, that's no mutual opponent. Listen, bro, man, Northern was never no competition for us. First of all, who remembers what Northern? Like I'm gonna tell you like this too. As freshmen, we weren't even as strong as we were gonna end up being. But I'm pretty sure we we played in y'all's K through nine, y'all junior high uh, state championships, and y'all finished first, and we and we finished second, and that was w- without our strongest players, who were at the time. Terzin and Lasid. We was right there with y'all without two of our strongest players. Yeah, man, listen. I'm just looking at it. 
I'm breaking it down board by board by talent. I gave y'all two games. Y'all ain't beating us, bro. Well, we're gonna have to, we gonna have to uh, rehash this at a future date because I'm not I'm not really conceding that point. Listen, I listed y'all <laughs> in my lineup ahead of us, but by doing so, I did not. I'm not saying that y'all would have beat us head up, team on team. I was just going strictly off of what y'all was able to accomplish, y'all collection of talent, and obviously, definitely paying homage to y'all had one of the greatest coaches of all time. Okay. But I didn't say that y'all was gonna beat us five versus five. I, there, I, I can't agree with you there. There, I'm listening. There, I'm listening. There, I'm here. I'm here, man. I'm looking at the cross tables they here, right? Y'all had I'm Mike was thirteen twenty, you was twelve mm-hmm. fifty seven, Devontae was eleven forty. Right. And then Breon was on board four. He was nine hundred. Nobody on Southeastern lineup was, was in a thousand. I mean, less than a thousand. Well, okay. Drop the microphone. I, I said we would win three two. If you talking about the same time period, like maybe if you if you going off everybody peak rating like from their lifetime, like yeah, but not not at the time when y'all what? Huh? What? If you going off everybody peak rate, like like right now, you're 1900, and y'all line up, yeah, y'all. Probably okay, I, see, I I do see this. Why I, I got to get Martell and Michael on this because I knew this was gonna come. I, the world need to know that actually McNair and Southeastern was this close to playing. Have you heard this story, Tim? No. <clears throat> Ask Martell. We was this close to playing, and why it didn't happen. And then that'll be the follow up to this podcast. Yeah, man. Get get Martell and MJ on. Get both of them. Listen, on. I'm just gonna leave it like this. We were this close to playing. Ask Mike Collins the story. Why y'all didn't play us? And we, we'll bring them on there and they'll discuss it. Okay. This close. Well, I look forward to that, man. Let's let's uh let's keep it moving, man, because we could go back and forth on this all day. Yeah, McNair for life, baby. Heck, you know, bro, we would have crushed y'all. Bro. Yeah, whatever, bro. Light-skinned boys got to stick together. Anyway, uh, also we want to talk about, I think, which was one of the greatest uh, chess tournaments ever in the city of Detroit and produced a lot of strong players. And the reason that a lot of us got strong now, and it was Dr. Graham's Finney tournaments. He ran these tournaments every month, and they uh, switched. He had a quad on Saturday, and then the next month he had a mini switch on the Sunday. With the entry fee being $5, if he was under 18 for the quad on Saturday and seven. If you was under 18 for the mini Swiss. And this tournament produced a lot of uh, talent. I played in it. Joseph Gadsden, James Candy, Bill Carton, uh, Atulia Shetty. Numerous players have came here and uh, played in these tournaments. And it actually helped us develop as kids because we got uh, experience to play in the dogs and a lot of stronger competition. And in this tournament, what Dr. Grams did was he paired us up in group of fours by ratings. And I think that was uh, the reason why we're strong players to this day. Uh, Joe, you kind of dominated the uh, Fiddy tournament era for uh, a year or so. You want to speak on it? I mean, you basically just said it. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about some, you know, Finney experiences, you know, Man, we, 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 we talking about Finney tournaments all day, right? 
Are you talking about those? I got some. I can just I bring remember, up anything. I would I would ask my mom for like, you know, whatever, the five to ten dollars um to go play in the an infinity tournament. And sometimes, you know, I'll be I'll be honest with you guys, man. Sometimes it might have been my mama last five or ten dollars. And I wasn't going to go win no, you know, major money or nothing, but you know, I catch the bus, you know what I'm saying, I do whatever I had to do to get to that Fendi tournament. You know what I'm saying? Only, you know, with the hopes of, you know, playing against some of my friends and maybe, you know what I'm saying, walking out with one of those trophies, man. You know, I, I managed to collect quite a few of those uh, Fendi tournament trophies. And like I said, just the competition, the camaraderie, um, the brotherhood, you know, um, from from playing in those. Man, it was unparalleled. The school, what, we playing like the lunchroom or something. Or yeah, like we in the hallway. The room and, and then sometimes the hallway. It wasn't even nothing fancy, but it gave us, you know, inner city kids. Some of us, and I'm speaking for myself, I you know I can't speak for everybody, but underprivileged kids, you know, an opportunity to compete um, against great competition and without being charged an arm and a leg to do so, man. I think that it was it was really uh revolutionary. And I think like uh, we mentioned on the previous pod. You know, that this pretty much evolved into, you know, the current uh, Thinkers Challenge tournaments that take place here in the city as well. Let me go next and tell my story. Doc Graham was my coach. And like I said, he coached me in Jackson and he coached me in Finney. And I'll never forget this tournament because I actually walked from my house to the Finney tournament because I wasn't going to go. Because Dr. Graham used to pick me up. One particular tournament, he gets there. The round start like at 10, but he like, Derek, I'm going to try to hold the round off. You need to get here. And this is how I knew. I'm going to say it just like this. Shit got real at the Finney tournament. I was 11th grade. I was like 1700. I get there. I walk in. He say, uh, Derek, you got your uh, $5. I say, yeah. Dr. Grant got the funniest grin on his face ever. He said, you going to play in section one? I say, okay, I'm playing in section one. Every you know, that's the top section every month, so that wasn't no problem. Do y'all know who was in that section? No, nah, who wasn't? I look up with a grin on my face. I see Bill Carton, Paul Randall, who was 2000, James Canney, Tony West, me, James Jackson. It looked like the master's class uh, section in the section, you know, for that section. And, uh... I just got the brakes beat off of me in that tournament. I think Bill Carden beat me. Uh, I lost a close game to Jimmy. And I think I ended up getting a draw with Paul Randall. And uh, Dr. Rams just laughed uh, that whole, whole tournament. Because I had the big head, and that really just brought me down. But it was just amazing to see them strong players come to uh, Warren and Casual for, you know, a $5, $10 tournament on a Saturday. You know that was just just crazy, and you don't you don't get that now. You don't see like a tournament, especially from my knowledge, in Michigan and Detroit, with entry five ten dollars, and you get to see experts and masters, and you know all that stuff. There, and I don't even think it was about the money. I just think it was just for the love of the game. And I think we need to get back to uh, getting something similar, you know, in the city of Detroit for the adults and in the kids. Yep, I agree, Joe. Yeah, I mean, that was a big part of it for most of us because, like I said, was, I think $7 was the highest entry fee we had. Yep. And like you said, we got to play, like, 
experts every now and then they'll pop up masters will pop up whereas we go to other tournaments you got to pay 40 50 dollars and as kids you ain't got 40 50 dollars you know to really spend on chess that's why that's something we need to uh, try to bring back those finny tournaments because like a lot of rating points was gained at finny a lot of rating points i would mm-hmm. say probably most of the league's rate points came from finny yeah, because I'm gonna say on this, I'm butt in. It would be days where the league would be played on Saturday, so you would play, for example, Southeastern would play McNair. Just example, Tim would play me. I would beat Tim that Saturday, but that next day Sunday would be a finny, and Tim would get me back. So I think we need to get back to you know what I'm saying them type of competitions, and it was a lot of chess competition that uh dove over and drove over to the Finney tournaments where I'm going to say this I remember Coach Barnett and that old blue Volvo scrolls about 16 by at least about 18 cash tech dudes <laughs> and, that, and he like 6 foot 4 and that old small Volvo and got them all in the clown car and brought them all to Finney and I'm going to say this about the Finney too when I think about it it was pretty much uh how can I say it? Uh, an offspring of the league because that's pretty much was there. You have Southeastern, Finney, Cash Kids, Renaissance Kids, Fisher Kids, Paul Robeson Kids, Duffield Kids. So it was like an extension of the league, but it was an individual tournament, and you still took pride on who you was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's all we used to do was argue about the league at the Finney tournaments. And I just want to add this too. When we was in between rounds, it used to go down, man, in them Skittles games. Yeah. Skittles yeah. game, the gym, dice game. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is a family <laughs> podcast, bro. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, be, and before this, he may get mad at me, but this is the funniest, one of the funniest Finney tournaments uh, experience I saw. We went to a Finney tournament. Joe, you played this. They were uh, a man short. So what Coach Barnett used to do is just bring us there and just sit around. So Dr. Grams asked Coach Barnett, man, I need a fourth player. I need you to fill in with Coach Barnett played the first game. He lose to Joseph. Uh, I think he lost to Randall. So we get to the last round of the tournament. Coach Barnett plays Tony West. (laughs) (laughs) He already know where I'm going with this. Coach Barnett, it was game of 60. I bull crap you not. The end of the game, Coach Barnett had 59 minutes. Tony West, flag fell, sweating, red. Uh, it was the funniest stuff ever. Tony West said, man, he's a sandbagger. Joe, you can speak on it. Yeah, that, that, was, funny. <laughs> that was a funny tournament, man. And also... Oh, my bad. I'm going to say this, my bad. We actually had, that was the first tournament where I interacted with somebody who was legally blind. We had a player named James Jackson, who I don't know if he was fully blind, but he was legally blind. And uh, me growing up as a kid, I never saw a blind player playing the, you know, chess tournament. And what was so crazy about him, didn't he have a Braille chess board? Yeah, he had a, uh, he had a wooden board back then, I believe. Yeah, and he was like legally blind. He used to come every week pushing a cart with uh, uh, bottles. I don't know what his financial state was, but if you saw him, he came off like he was homeless or whatever. And I'm not trying to throw no shots at him, but he was always there at the uh, fitting tournaments. 
and he actually uh, gave us some good games. So I learned, you know, a lot of stuff. William Joyner, uh, Peter Timmerman, who else uh, came in them finnies? Now, Timmerman was a sandbagger. No, he he got to two thousand man and put hands and feet on everybody. Now, Timmerman I mean, was Timmerman was about twenty four hundred strength. I think we got to yeah. shout out some of the actual Finney players who was at the Finney tournament, like Sean Rayon. Yeah, Sean, Derek, me, myself, D'Angelo Watkins. What was uh? Wait, what was there was there was a first board before Sean Rayon. He was kind of like a bigger guy, had like big lips. James Funderburg. So, uh, Joe, do you know how I'm talking about? You remember? I think you talking about Dante Gillum, but he didn't go to uh. Finney. Oh, he did. He Where was to, he at? He went. To, he went to Western. Oh, okay. For some reason, I, I associated too. But yeah, I think I'm talking about Dante Gillum. Yeah, he used to. But come he to used the to come to them. He used to come to the Finney though. Yeah, he came all the time. Well, not all the time, but no. No, Sean McNair. Remember Sean McNair? Yep, I do. Light skin Sean McNair, weird. He used to come with like these funny looking bracelets or cufflinks on his uh, arms, like a Mortal Kombat character. No, for real, man. He went to Finney, man. And that's another thing about Finney, man. If you went to Finney, Dr. Graham's coached so many kids that players would just walk up there and see that he's still having a tournament, and then they would enter into the next one. So it was always like a surprise. Remember when Yaquim? Y'all remember Yaquim? Uh-huh. You remember Yaquim? Uh-huh. Popped up. I don't. Yeah, Yaquim went to, like, I think he played in Finney, like, in the early 90s or something. And I'll never forget I just say it like this. When Dr. Grant, you see like his uh, older players come to the tournaments, like the Gentry Twins, Yaquin, Glenda, Nick, Glenda, you know, that used to, you know, make his day because them was tournaments they played in when they was kids. So I remember, I remember I used to play games against uh, uh, Robert Talaferro Sr., Coach Talaferro. I used to also play against his son, you know, Little Talaferro, Robert Talaferro. Uh, I've played games against like Kareem Coleman, who apparently some people remember as being like, I don't know, really strong or something. But I kind of remember him being pretty wood. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Kareem Coleman, Kareem Coleman? Oh, you're talking about a different one. We talking about the same one? Because he was kind of garbage when I remember. But I guess he ended up getting strong or something like that. But yeah, like, so there's so many different players and stories and interactions that occurred at those Finney tournaments, man. And you asked me on the Finney pod or on a previous pod too, like if I could bring anyone tournament back, like I, I said that one, that was the first one that came to mind. I meant that. Like if we had something like that still, even though like, like I said, Thinkers is kind of an evolved version, but it's scholastic only, you know, but if we could do something like that again, man, I think that'd be great for the city, uh, you know, great for, for, for chess in general, man, overall. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the Finney back. Let me get that lunch money. And then we could go to the chess club like we do like the good old days. Yep. <clears throat> Joe, got anything you want to say? No, I think we pretty much touched on everything Finney related. Okay, now this is going to get tricky because now we're going to go to the Mount Rushmore of chess coaches in the city of Detroit. And when we was writing down this top five, we're not trying to be biased. This is just what we came up with. I'm pretty sure we're going to get calls and that we left out folks and all that other stuff. But this is what we came up with. Our Mount Rushmore, and I think Mount Rushmore only got four people on their team. Yeah, I think so. And so I think by doing a five, like we really 
we really kind of being, you know, kind of nice and generous because Mount Rushmore, it should only be a top four, you know. So we going to do the Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore extended version with, with the fifth, and we still going to get some calls and some inboxes, I'm sure, about it. All right, here we go. I'm just going to say the names in order, and then we're going to talk about what they did and their involvement in Detroit Chess. We got, in no specific order, we got Dr. Graham, Coach Kevin Fight, Harold Steen, Glenn Barnett, and Mr. Nixon. Joe, floor is yours. It's a good five. I mean, you can't, you can't really dispute none of it. You want to talk about, like, each of them and, you know, their accomplishments and what they've done for the state of Michigan and Detroit? Well, Barnett, that was my coach. And, you know, we all know Barnett got about 20 titles at Cavs. Got a bunch of bunch of state titles, bunch of city titles. I literally can't even count them all, so I'm not even gonna speculate. I, I believe he has about 20 city championships. Yeah, I know he got about 18 in a row, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, so maybe we could just do it like this. I believe every coach on the list has a number of Mar- titles. A number of titles. Agree or disagree? They all do. Yeah. Agree. Okay. Yeah, they all got various titles, and right. it's 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 really incredible. You know, we could have done some, maybe some research, you know, but that's not that type of production. We like to pop the trunk, you know, and just keep it, you know, saying off the memory, off the dome. Um, they all got various titles and accomplishments, but to me, something that stands out about all of these coaches also is the fact that they went above and beyond. They did things behind the scenes getting players to tournaments, paying for membership, mentoring. You know, I'll speak on the fact that, you know, Coach Barnett, he was and is known as a pillar from Cavs Tech Chess. But he would always pull players, you know, into his inner circle, go over their games with him, offer them some insight. Listen, that man has, you know, taken me under his wing as a player from Southeastern, I still refer to him as coach to this day. Like, if you're around, like, you you know, you will hear me calling, hey, coach, you know, whatever. Like, that's still, like, I consider him a, a personal coach of mine. Uh, and so, like, you know, all of these uh, individuals that we've listed, they've gone uh, to tr- tremendous efforts to further uh, chess in the inner communities here in Detroit. And their accomplishments and, like I said, the, the intangibles that they bring along with it, I don't think anybody could really question um, what what they what they had to offer and their contributions to uh, Detroit Chess. Yeah, I'm gonna say that, like you said, uh, like you said, Dr. Grams, uh, like you said, he ran the Fitty tournaments. He uh, ran the Detroit Chess League. Uh, he was also the editor for Michigan, the Michigan Chess Magazine, for a minute. Then you got the legendary Kevin Fight. Everybody knows what he's done with the Detroit City Chess Club, Chess at the DIA. And just upping the status of Detroit chess and putting it on the uh, worldwide map. You got the legendary Harold Steen. You know, he's one of the pioneers of chess. You know, we have a, a memorial tournament of, you know, him every year. Rest in peace to, you know, Mr. Steen. You got Coach Glenn Barnett. Like Tim said, I didn't even go to Cass Tech. And uh, Coach Barnett always reached out and took me on this wing and looked out for me. And, you know, even when he didn't have to, gave me money to play in tournaments. And even if I won, didn't even get, the, you know, wanted the money back. You have Mr. Nixon, who used to be the president of the Michigan Chess Association, coach at Clipper and 
to me was the first person that kind of took chess to the internet with the Detroit what's it called DetroitChess.com yep DetroitChess.com and I hate to say it he was the I didn't even know used to coach Cass Tech back in what the 80s or 70s or something yeah before Barnett yeah so to me they're my top five I mean, I'm pretty sure on the Detroit Chess Killers page, we're going to get uh, comments about other coaches, but th- that's who we think. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and it's not to step on nobody's toes. We, Like you said, we were just brainstorming and came up with this. Mm-hmm. We just want to give them, you know, all due respect, they credit, and, you know, they deserve what they did in the city of Detroit as far as chess-wise. Yep. I think you could go as far as to say this, too, like, Whoever whoever managed to be like some of the strongest chess players, uh, specifically, and just like your average run of the mill chess player alike, like they all were touched by a combination of one or more of those coaches at some point in time or another, whether they realize it or not. Dope. Mm-hmm. Now, since we didn't got all the serious stuff, you know what I'm saying? Acknowledgements off over. Now it's time to have some fun and play some games. Let's do it. Lately, we've been cracking jokes, but we're going to keep this chess related. And we're going to play a new game called Openings that we hate playing against and why. And in this game, we're going to name an opening and why we hate playing against it. And I'm going to go first. And an opening, I'm an E4 player. And an opening that I hate playing against, I hate it. It's annoying. It's uh, boring. It's bogus. I feel like it's whack. And I only hate it. The France. You said what? The France. Nope. It's the center counter Scandinavian. And I hate playing against it in Blitz because it just got janky, whack, easy, cheap tactics that black set up and it's kind of easy for white to fall into. Cameron lost that game to Steven Jennings with that bull crap. And we already know Cameron is a better player. I just think it's annoying. It's like that ugly girlfriend that don't want to go away. I just hate that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just do. I just I just hate. It's just annoying to me. E4, D5, then they get the swing and the queen all over. It's, you play H3 as sacks. I do. I just hate that opening. Next. Well, first of all, I just want to go ahead and just jump in on that. I hate that opening too. You know what I'm saying? I'm going I'm to select a different one, but I'm right there with you on that one. Whenever I play against somebody that plays that on me, I can't help but to think like, man, this is violating opening principles, bro. This this ain't even a sound thing. Like It shouldn't be solid. You shouldn't be able to equalize. But somehow, way, people always seem to, uh, to get either equality or close to equality out of them funky, boring, lame lines that they play out of that. So, yeah, I'm attacking the, uh, the center counter in Scandinavian, too. But So, Marcus and Dominic, we don't like you either. Or Marcus. Marcus Williams like to play the uh, the Scandinavian. Yep. Chris Sims like to play it, too. All y'all, I don't like all y'all could get on with that Scandinavian, dog. I ain't about that life. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put one out there too. And Joe already kind of uh, alluded to this one. I hate playing against the French. I really do. It's, it's, it's terrible. Nothing scares me about the French. Like I feel like I found my own little variation that I feel like I can get a great game as white against the French. Um, and, and you know, it takes you right out of the lines pretty much right away. And I'm like, okay, I, was, I shouldn't have any problems here. It's just like, man, what a whack response to E4. Like, 
E6. And this is what I always try to tell people too. What do you got against your light square bishop that you would play the French like that, man? You just gonna trap them in the game like that, bro? Because that's usually what happened. They light square bishop just gonna be dead until like move 28 or something, bro. Like it's crazy. You you really just signing up for that. So that sounded so prejudiced. All right, man, dog. They just got something against their light square bishop. They got something against, you know. That's why they traded off. Listen, there's so many more viable and reputable responses to one e4. The French get on out of here with the French too, man. French and Scandinavian, y'all can hold hands and kick rocks. But we ain't got never worry about you going to France or Scandinavia. Bro, I ain't got. Bro, I like I like French people and French culture. I love I love French fries. Come on, now. I'm I, I love French kiss. It's a it's a family show. It's a family show, man. But the French defense. Nah, no, sir. Joe, D4. Nah, bro, you can't say that, bro. D4 cover a lot of open. You gotta be, you gotta put a name on D4. We, no, we saying open is we hate playing against. You saying you hate playing against D4? Yeah, that's an opening, D4. Wow. It's just, I just hate it. It just leads to all, almost all of it. Unless you're playing some rare counter gambit or something. You're playing a book. When, when, when a person plays D4 on me, you know what goes through my mind? I'm expecting a 60 move game. <laughs> yeah. And somebody's gonna be maybe up a pawn, and it's still probably gonna be a draw. That's what I think every time I see D4. I think draw. That's what the D stands for. Draw. Bruh. <laughs> like play, grow some balls and play E4. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> play, play. I mean, it's I just hate D4. I, I really do. Like it. How you feel about players that play D4 with white and the French with black? Them is the worst. Dimitri, Cam, I hate them. Wow, wow. (laughs) Dimitri? Dimitri Obercar. Used to play it, man. Oh, my God. Okay, so if I'm out of line, Joe, if I'm not in the correct rating bracket to approach you with this, just let me know. But... You know, there might be some people out here who feel the same way. So I'm gonna say it, man. That's that's I feel like that's kind of like you know what I am. I'm I'm the I'm the beacon for the people who, who want to say something, but they might not have a voice to say it. So I'm gonna say it. You let me know if I'm out of pocket. Mm, could it possibly be that you dislike playing against E or I'm sorry, D4 so much? Could it possibly be because you just haven't got into like you know the best response for your playing style against d4 like because i know there's some edgier and riskier lines against d4 like let me throw some out there just just for conversation like uh benoni or gruenfeld or you know like like i said maybe some uh some other like kind of counter gambits or something like that like what like what do you what do you think like do you think it's just because uh, you just hate it just because, or like maybe you haven't tried like maybe some different approaches. Oh no! Like I play, I literally, I have literally played almost every type of gambit against D four. Like I played the England gambit for a while. I played the Budapest gambit. I played the Benoni before. I played almost every gambit against D four. But the problem is, no matter what gambit you play, it can more than likely it's not going to be the the type of game you would get with an E4, a Sicilian game, or an E4, E5 game, or, you know, Italian game. You're not going to get the, the, the type of open tactical games. 
you're gonna get some 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 positional boredom. That's what you're gonna get. <laughs> positional boredom. I just don't like the type of games. I like the type of game where one of us is about to get made. <laughs> we ain't going to spend two, three hours trying to figure out who. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's mm-hmm. going to get made. I like exciting games. That's why I like play, like Manus. Of all the games me and Manus played, I don't think either one of us has ever played before. And me and Manus have played some of the wildest games like ever. Like I used to kind of be scared to play against him because he was so wild. But <laughs> I, them type of games I like. I mean, I just like wild games. Man, somebody gonna say you soft and you dissing grown man chess. Gary Casper played D4. Anai played D4. Kramnik played D4. Magnus Carpenter played, played D4. Magnus played D4. I don't play. I don't care who played D4. I don't play D4. Okay, so what about this? What if somebody plays D4, but they go into the London system? Are you like still as mad or not as mad? Now see the London, the London. That could be some exciting game. So, man, that's boring as hell. No, I just think some pretty. <laughs> it's just I, I the just system. Some pretty. I just think some pretty open games with the London, especially when White doesn't even castle or White castles alone. Cause it, dude, trip. Because it's a lot of lines, like you know the bishop d6 line, bishop bishop d6, bishop go back to g3, bishop take uh g3, h take g3, the open h file line. It's a lot of lines that opens the game up in the London. But I, I'm talking about like Queen's Gambit, the clients and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So basically, you hate playing against D4, but if they get that Bishop F4 in soon after the D4, then it's not so bad. <laughs> That's what you're saying? No, it's still bad. It's just not as bad. <laughs> okay. <sighs> what about if they play D4, D5 and go Knight C3? I just get up and walk away from the table. Why? Night they not already closed they see pawn in, like that 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 just says border. <laughs> I prefer E4, C5, where both sides got potential pawn breaks that can open up the game instead of these closed. I just don't like these closed boring position. I gotta move my knight six times just to find a good square. I mean, teach is your own, man. Yep. I'm gonna tell you this, man, and I'm gonna let it go. Some Somebody, they went to the North American Open, told one of our best players he'd never get no initials in his name until he learned how to play against D4. I thought it was until they learned how to play D4. No, until they learn how to play they start playing D4 and learn how to play against D4 this particular person told one of our best players you're never getting no initials in front of your name no I I, I agree with that can we can we say can we say who was told that giving you the best of me I want to say who was told that some, some somebody told Amazing. James Canty that they said he gotta add D four to his repertoire in order in order to move up. He can't just be an E four player all his life. Fisher got the GM playing E four. That's all Fisher played. I'm gonna leave that alone. Come on, man. You know Fisher was a, a, a an abnormality. You know that man. That man was a you know a special talent in the chess world. Yeah, but 
it's it's other players. Cal, Fisher. They was crazy. Crazy people play E4. Every tape. Crazy. But they had them in the, but 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 look how great and exciting their games were. All three of those players. And look at the stress it put on them <laughs> after the game was over. Okay, put it like this. In the world championship match, you want to see Cariona versus Magnus, or you want to see Fisher versus Tao? It depends on what style of chess you prefer. No, I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. You. Which which match would you rather would you rather watch? My personal, I would see. I want to see Tao versus Fisher. Let me ask y'all this: Do y'all want to see Magnus Drawson or Fabiano Drawana? How about Grandmaster Derek Wilder? Now let's get into this next game. <laughs> We're gonna play a funny game, and there's no disrespect. It's what do you prefer? Do you prefer playing on Lee Chess or do you prefer playing on chess.com? And it's another game. Should we just dump ICC? Yeah, you throw ICC in the trash right now. <laughs> I was just about to say, um, I feel like I need to Google what ICC is. Damn. <laughs> I need to Google it. Just just go just go in your kitchen and you're gonna have a container that got a bag inside of it. Reach in there. Look inside there. ICC is definitely inside of there. You saying the ICC that went the route of Yahoo Chess? No, it's uh it's, it's worse than Yahoo Chess. Yeah, it <laughs> might be like Pogo Chess. Pogo was the pioneer, bro. <laughs> you say Pogo is the OG? Don't <laughs> put respect on Pogo. Look, man, I used to be in that Clockwork Orange room. I used to be trying to be in that, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they got all these nifty little nicknames for the different colored circles by your name or whatever. Blue Train or, or they had some green ones too. I, I can't remember. It was like blue was for like beginner. Uh, what was it? Green was like intermediate. Orange was advanced. And red was master, I think. Yeah. We still got some players in the Detroit Chess Killers that talk about their poker rating, bro. Swear to God. Leave international master Mike Connor alone. Let's get back to the subject. LeeChessChess.com. Why? Listen, I'm going to go first, please. Because uh, some people that know me, they know, you know, when I'm commenting and stuff like that, I've already said it. I put it on wax. Lead chess players tend to be overrated, bro. Especially when bro, stop. Bro, when you under 2000, you tend to be overrated on lead chess. On chess.com, the competition is tougher. 1600s on chess.com is smashing on 18 and 1900s on lead chess. Tell me I'm wrong. Joe? I don't know. I I, I can't win a game on chess.com, so that's why. Because for your rating group, the, the competition is higher. But no, on Lee Chess... Ask what's his rating is on chess.com. What's your rating on chess.com, Joe? I don't even... Probably like 1,900 on there. Oh. And you can't win a game? Listen, man. I flag like every game I play on Listen, for some reason. This... I don't know if it's where they got the clock or... And then my, sometimes like my pre-move don't even register on there. So I'm this... really flagged on every game on there. I'm chalking that up to being the 1900 level competition on there is strong. 
And on leeches, no, because most games I be having people completely fresh and still play. Oh, so you're saying it's more so something with the site dynamics as far as like the graphics and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's a mobile app because I usually just play on my phone. Uh But I know on leeches, I'm way faster on leeches. Like my pre moves, register, and everything. Chess.com, it be times I don't even know what's my move. Mm. Because I done pre-moved and, and somehow like it didn't register or, or, I, or I offset it or something. And I just be sitting there in my time running. Oh. I just have more issues on a site. I see. Well, I'm 2000. I'm 2100 on both of them. So I don't know what y'all talking about. To me, they both have their pros and cons. I feel like chess.com has stronger competition at the top. I prefer lead chess for my study, training, tactics, etc. So if you ask me what my preference is, it depends on what I'm using it for. Hold on. Let me throw this out here too, man. Chess.com just introduced Puzzle Rush. Lead chess ain't got no Puzzle Rush, bro. This brother. Oh, I like Puzzle Rush. I'm not, what's I'm that, not saying. What's that, part, what's that part game you play, uh, Joe? Boss your life up. Chess. What'd you guys say about that, Tim? About what now? <laughs> Tell him the chess, Joe. What the horror chess? Yeah. What is oh, that? Just a goofy game. Like one one side get their regular pieces, and then the other side get like, I don't know, 32 pawns or something. Oh, that's more than that. Well, I mean that might be like an interesting mini game. It might like help with some 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 of your uh you know whatever creativity, fundamentals, pattern recognition, recognition, uh different things, but man, I'm I'm not too really one for that, but I know some of the most popular and strongest chess players in the world right now are showing videos and streaming videos of them playing Puzzle Rush and seeing how many they can solve correctly within that time frame. Like, you got... You looking for a, a sponsorship, my dog, from Chess.com? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. we, we Bro, we talking about the pros and cons of each one? And Puzzle Rush, that's a huge pro right now. This brother, man. This brother, man. Soft move, boss move. Chess.com, elite chess. <laughs> bro. The 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 player the caliber of player strength on leeches is a soft move. They over they overrated. I wouldn't say that. And the the caliber of players on chess.com boss move. They underrated. I just combined two games in one. <laughs> you 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 the type of person got the light square chessboard with the pink the pink and uh purple pieces huh come on man i got that for my daughter man <laughs> it was 21 dollars on amazon bro you can't fault me for that tell me what the sponsorship again bro Joe. it was free delivery too <laughs> amazon prime i ain't i don't even got prime it was just free delivery i don't know how they did that and this we talk about in january coming right off of the holiday season bro they sent that thing like boom you want that uh pink chest set little pink carrying bag 21 dollars free shipping no tax or tax included I don't know how they do this shout out to Amazon <laughs> boss really move for that endorsement <laughs> boss Joe move. Close, 
Joe, you gonna say something? I'm gonna close us out. Go ahead. Say something on what? Chess.com, Lee Chess. I said Lee Chess. I'm gonna say this. For all you Facebook chess app, messenger app chess players that be cheating, getting moves and outside help online, my response to that from now on is username. Or here go my leeches username. Man, that's like, that's fronting and, and lying to kick it, bro. Like, be, be a man about yours, dog. You gonna take some L's, take some L's. I don't want no cheaters. I don't want you getting no engine help, no outside help. Meet me on either of those and we can get it in. That's all I'm saying about that. Who, who cheated? Oh, man, you gonna make me call him out, man. Well, it was one of my homeboys, too. A couple of my homeboys, actually. You want me to put him on wax? I gotta, yeah. do it. I gotta do it like that. All right, I'll say this. I can't confirm whether or not you was cheating, but one of my old foe uh, Southeastern buddies, Thomas Belcher, we played some games, bro. I was I was giving you that biz, and then all of a sudden, I felt like your strength went up astronomically, my guy. Like, <laughs> you wasn't making no mistakes no more. You wasn't blundering no more. You was actually playing like sound, positional, and strategic moves. And I lost a game or two to you. And I'm like, heck no, bro. So I'm just saying I have some suspicion there. And that's why I want to get you over to one of them sites, man, just to just to make sure that I'm I'm not tripping. Did you put the game in the engine? Um, no, I did not. Should I? Yeah. Yep. I guess that's another way to confirm it. And then the other one too. We already mentioned him on this pod, which is probably one time too many, even though he's my dog in real life. Like, that's my homie. But International Master uh, Mike Connor, <laughs> your online game, man, I feel like you be getting some outside help on that, dog. Because we was at the DIA over the board, and I was just crushing you, man. Like, just crushing you, dog. You was in the rotation, getting tossed around in the rotation just like everybody else was. So, I can't confirm it, but I have high suspicion on you too, my dog. Oh, man. Sorry. International Masters don't need no instant time. He was just beating me, man. Hey, he beat me online, but not in person. I mean, it's something up about that. Maybe he just shot. A little gunshot? I don't know. This is D-Wild, man, and I'm finna end this section of the Detroit Chess Killers podcast. Tune in next week. I'm gonna get Martel and Mike Collins week in this McNair Southeastern beef. And we're going to talk about uh, one of our players who said he went to both schools. We're going to find out which set he really claiming for he could play in this Henry Ford Southeastern match. I'm checking out Tim Joseph. Wait a minute. Who went to both schools? Peace. Uh